You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. It's Michael Kushner, your host. Before we get into this amazing episode with Ashley Kate Adams of AK Productions, I just wanted to let you know that you can always reach out and ask me questions and contact me on social media. You could follow me. Uh, I'm primarily on Instagram. I don't really do Twitter, but I should try. If anyone wants to help me learn Twitter, <laughs> you can help me. But um, I'm primarily on Instagram, and I'm at the Michael Kushner, at the Dressing Room Project for my backstage Broadway photos, and at Dear Multi-Hyphenate for this podcast related stuff. So you could follow me on all those different platforms, all those different accounts on Instagram. But again, a reminder, every Thursday, live 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Broadway Podcast Network, I have a live show with my co-host Brian Sedita from Page to Stage. We have a show called My Broadway Memory, and we pick a playbill, talk about those memories associated with that playbill keep broadway alive it's amazing it's so fun make yourself a drink enjoy but what's extra special is that we have guests we have amazing broadway names come join us and share their memories as well it's super fun it's a great way to kick off the weekend because you know thursday night is definitely the weekend uh anyway enjoy this amazing episode with ashley kate adams a brilliant multi-hyphenate in the industry she uh was in lacage on broadway and uh, had amazing life things happen to her, some positive, some extremely negative. Uh, but she is a brilliant, brilliant person that takes everything given to her, looks for the meaning, um, and puts it into action. She's absolutely brilliant. Enjoy this episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. My name is Michael Kushner, and I am your host for this podcast with Broadway Podcast Network. I am so, uh, I, I'm, I'm always so thrilled to be recording these episodes because I get to have such amazing conversation with um, incredible artists that have uh, done everything possible in every which way. Um these episodes that I'm recording right now from home are, uh, you know, in the middle of our COVID quarantine, but that doesn't mean that we stop working. As a matter of fact, as a multi-hyphenate, we work all the time uh, on vacation, on uh, in the shower. I'm trying to think of other places, but seriously, I have what I call shower thoughts where I do some of my best thinking. I actually consider that my office. Um, I'll be washing my hair and then all of a sudden, bam, I'm just like, ah, that's an email I need to send. And that's exactly how I'm going to structure it. And that's exactly how I'm going to do that as soon as I'm out. And, um, and you know, sometimes I'll be driving and I'll driving in the city. Uh, yeah. I'll be in an Uber, but when am I ever behind the wheel though? It sometimes feels like that. Um, I'll be in the train. I'll be, you know, commuting and I'll just think of that. That's a project that needs to happen. It's just, as a multi-hyphenate, we're just, the cogs are constantly turning, they're constantly going, and um, there's no rest for the wicked. And one of the most wicked people I know is my new friend, Ashley Kate Adams. She made her Broadway debut at the age of 23 in the Tony Award-winning revival of Lacage. And I saw that revival and was obsessed with it. Obviously, it was just absolutely amazing. 
but you've appeared regionally and off Broadway and TV film, like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And you produce so many of your own projects with your theater company, which we're going to talk about and, and all that jazz. But Ashley Kate, I'm so glad you're here. How are you? Hey, Michael, it's so good to be here. Yay! Well, where are you exactly? Right now, I'm in my apartment in Long Island City, Queens. Yay! That's so good. I'm glad you're quarantining. I'm glad you're social distancing. Thank Um, you. Before we really talk about anything, I like to open up my podcast with one simple question. Tell me about the rose and thorn of your day. The rose and thorn of my day? Yeah, so like something great that happened today and then something that you necessarily could live without. Ooh, I'd say the rose of the day is we picked a digital release date for the Frankie album. Amazing. So that's very exciting. Yes. Um, and something we can talk about a little bit more in a little while. Um, well, yes. And I would say the thorn in my day, um, I'm such an odd person. I try not to have too many thorns because I'm always trying to like redefine it. Um, I'd say maybe trying to figure out my technology so I can be present for you today. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I, you know, that's super relatable that you, what you said about the thorn, it's like, you know, we present so many different opportunities for ourselves, right? And that there's... Yeah depending on how you're looking at it, there are a lot of opportunities for things to uh, really make you happy or things to disappoint you. Sure. And I choose to look at it that way. (laughs) If exactly, if you choose to look at it that way and I refuse to look at it that way. That's right. And I know you do too. Talk to me about, um, talk to me about mindset and about how you, uh, how you steer away from disappointment and how you um, look on the bright, because you're always so lovely. You have such a bright, cheerful you, attitude and you always light up the room whenever you walk into it. So tell me how you maintain that. You're very sweet. Thank you. Um, you know, I think a lot goes back to actually, you know, that good old Broadway debut that you were mentioning so kindly on my introduction you know, I got to join this really exciting, heartwarming, powerful, you know, piece of musical theater history, you know, on its its um, second revival um, in 2011 here, just, you know, newly entering New York City. And I had a really interesting experience with it. Um, I joined the company towards the end of a run as an immediate replacement. And, um, I joined the company and did my opening show on a Tuesday evening. And then literally the next day, um, after my second Broadway show, if you will, um, after our first matinee, we got told that the show would be closing. Um, and I think having that massive juxtaposition in this moment that was supposed to create just such, um, kind of security for me, I think dealing with such an upset and having to grieve and learn how to move forward through that, I think it has really informed the way I've continued to create and live my life. And, you know, when you when you go through such a heartbreaking moment like that, you realize, especially in our industry, 
that things are not linear. Um, we're always having to cultivate and navigate things um, very similarly to what everyone is having to face and navigate right now. Um, and um, I honestly, I can say, I think my positive and sunny disposition comes from what I always tell my BYOP clients, sitting in it, sitting in the pain, facing the pain, feeling the pain, and then kind of walking through it. Can so you then tell I can me? Again. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what'd you say? Just sitting in the pain so then I can move through it and right. and be joyful again and present, you know? Right. And ultimately being joyful and being present is is what we all strive for. And some yeah. days some days are harder than others to leave your baggage at the door. I mean, you know, like with um people being diagnosed with COVID left and right and with, you yes. know, Broadway not knowing when it's coming back. I mean, it's very hard to sometimes stay present sometimes, but ultimately, as long as you now are able to be the movers and shakers of your own stress levels <laughs> in this time, I think that that is a really important way to um, sort of uh, take take this time by by storm is to understand like, what really makes you happy and how do you exist better? Like for me, it's like, I thought I really exist better on go, 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 you know, schedule a 10 o'clock and then a 1030 and then a 1045 and then an 11. But it's, you know, I yeah. need, I, I'm like a good piece of chicken. I need to marinate a little bit. Yes. I, you know? I, you know, and I, and I know exactly what you're saying. And, and I even realized that, you know, when I was bringing you on to a few of these projects, I was like, holy cow, I was like, Michael's schedules, like, it's so clear, and so intense, which I appreciate, you know, as multi hyphenates, that's what we have to do in order to continue to create our own way. Um, but I think you're bringing up a really important point. It's like, yes, we are like pieces of chicken to marinate. And <laughs> I think that discernment, right, and that ease helps us to create better work in, in the long run, you know? It's it's hundred it's a hundred percent true. Um, now you mentioned BYOP. Can you tell me more about BYOP? Yeah. So for many years, you know, I've kind of been creative consulting. I'm an actress, but I'm also a producer. And I started my production company, actually, aka Studio Productions, the summer right after Lacage closed on Broadway. Mm -hmm. in between doing the Broadway company and then moving to the first national touring company. And I started AKA and, you know, I like to help as many projects and people as I can. Um, and so, you know, as a producer, I'm 500% on it. It's a lifestyle thing when I take on your project, but for those that I can't be a full on producer with, I like to, um, consult them creatively and help them navigate, um, as they're making, you know, business, business decisions and, and their creativity. And so I started, I, I put the name to it, right? The brand to it about uh, a little over a year ago, BYOP, hashtag BYOP, be your own producer. And um, yeah, people come to me with their creative ideas. Um, they could do sessions like pick, I basically took everything people asked of me. So people would always text me, inbox me, email me. Can I pick your brain? Can I take you to coffee? So I took those things and I branded it. And um, it's been really exciting. And even through this quarantine, you know, we've been busy with many different artists. I actually just BYOP'd with a, an exciting podcast out of Houston um, two days ago called Wines and Dolls. 
And I'm just Ooh. helping people, you know, further develop their ideas and, and get the most out of it. And um, also to try to give back during this time, I started doing BYOP Live, which has mainly been happening on Fridays, where it's kind of like talking and encouraging a larger group at, at the same time. Um, but also I've been working on a little something special. I'm not going to give, give away the whole thing, but let's just say there was a proposal turned in today having to do with BYOP. So I think it will become a little more accessible to people in a tactile way in the near future. That's thrilling. I mean, (laughs) you know, you and I, we, I think we've connected on the fact that we just want to be able to out, you know, provide outreach and be able to help help solve problems, Yes, you know, for anyone that'll come to, you know, us with them. And that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast is because there are things that I hope that people can listen to, you know, listen and hear, be like, wait, what was the name of that book? And then all of a sudden their lives are changed, you know? Right. And that's how it happens for, you know, through generous people like you who are creating these platforms. And it, it, that is how it happens. You know, it's like that action that the creative takes to, 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 take a step forward. And whether they're listening to a podcast like this or picking up a random book or checking out a random blog, right? It's like, it's that action step. That's what allows them to like unlock different parts of their creativity and future. Exactly. And how are you finding, uh, sometimes when I'm like going live or when I'm making videos and stuff like that, I'm speaking into like a very deep, dark ether of like, uh, is this, this is a void, like what's going on. How do you feel you, uh, uh, holding court with BYOP live right. on Instagram. I mean, you know, it is a different experience because BYOP, when I'm consulting, right, it's project-based. And then when I'm going live, I'm trying to take kind of like, you know, the principles or ideas I might have from all these individual projects, compile them, right, and speaking to a larger audience so anybody can listen to it and and hopefully become encouraged right and it's been it's been interesting to navigate that um what's helped me is i've been making kind of like outlines so i i just on my google docs i've been hitting every single point that i want to hit um and structuring it out you know ahead of time it's really you know i felt like i have a bit of a safety net if you will but you know, once you kind of get in there live, it is, it's kind of this interesting thing, but I just kept in mind as I'm sure you're doing right now, like at the end of the day, it's just a conversation. And I just keep my, my mantra, which I state, you know, I'm, I'm here to encourage you to remain connected and to create during this time. And I kind of come back to that and I usually get through to the other side. <laughs> yeah. And with a nice glass of wine at the end of it. Hey, or, some, or sometimes during it. <laughs> what what did you say? I said a little later in the evening, but yes. <laughs> okay, good. Good. I was going to, you know, it's just like what day of the week is it during quarantine also applies to what time is it? And it's totally. usually, it's usually wine time for me. I love that. Except I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to be really present for you in this moment. So I, I I'm going to have a glass of wine as soon as I'm done. Hey, I appreciate it. Maybe I'll have a glass of wine um, for dinner as well. For dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Only the wine for dinner. You know, I love that. 
talk to me about um talk to me about run-ins right because like i think it's so interesting it's like you sell such a clear prod product to me right i know what you do i know how you do it i know that you do it with that means a lot that means a lot (laughs) of course but it's you know being a multi-hyphen it's like and that's what i teach my workshop on it's about uh it's about being concise and it's about knowing what you sell and how well you say it all, all based on kind of the Albert Einstein principle of, if you know, his quote is, if you don't understand, if you can't explain it simply, you don't um, understand it well enough. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, is uh, it's about ourselves as well. That goes into ourselves and as multi hyphenates, it's as if you do four or five different things, you know, I don't want to stand there with a drink in my hand and you go, well, I'm an actor. I'm a photographer. I'm mm-hmm. a producer. No, it's like, let me understand the, your proficiencies. Right. But um, let me understand your proficiencies, but like ultimately through how you approach your artistry. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I do. I do. <laughs> and Man. I think that's what, it, I mean, it took me a very long time to be able to articulate that, you know, and I yeah. think that's the first step of the journey, but sorry, continue. No, there's, and there's no shade about it either. It's like, that's, you know, uh, I've talked with friends that I've had these conversations with a million times, but then I once had, you know, whenever I have a really good artistic conversation with them and I go, well, tell me about you they all of a sudden start to sweat. And I'm like, where, where have you been? Why have you been listening to what I'm saying? Right. But it's, you know, it, it just carries on the conversation. You're able to do so much more because you understand the umbrella of which everything you do falls. Completely. And it, and it brings a lot of freedom. Yeah. So tell me, um, just because I love, it's like a little bit of gossip. It's a little bit of, you know, drama. Tell me about the things that you, you know, some instances where you've been like, uh, you know, this person just did not understand me. And this is how I overcame that. Or, Or the way that this person responded to me is what made me think of this. Like, because I, I, I just feel like there are so many people that, you know, try to really uh, tell us that we can't do what we do, but we've been yeah. doing it for years. So, <laughs> man, um, you know, and and I think one of the things that you and I pride ourselves on is, you know, we we do try to be kind and gentle. You know, even to those say who may have you know, crossed us, if you will, or, um, you know, kind of provoked us in our journey. Um, I'll say kind of a a thorn, right. That you were talking about earlier, a a different way to kind of look at it. Um, I'll start with an encouraging point and then I'll kind of backtrack to one that was challenging for me. You know, most recently I met with, um, uh, one of my agents that I was working with through the old Abrams now a three, they just rebranded and um, it was just the most lovely conversation. And um, through their rebranding, you know, they're embracing more people like us, the multi hyphenates. And I, you know, it was kind of this come to Jesus moment, if you will, because as you said, this is the way I've been functioning and living and making my living as a creative in New York City, literally for 11 years, over a decade now. And 
it was just this glorious moment where I was like, thank you so much for sharing with me that like, you're going to be just that much more on my side and supporting me, if that makes any sense. And um, I, you know, I'm a very loyal person. And um, I try not to hop around too much, you know, with representation, hence why I've been with A3 for my entire adult career since I moved to New York City. But, um, you know, I have worked with multiple additional folks like, you know, management and such. And, you know, I did have a manager let me go and and they said, um, and this is one who booked me in a massive television, you know, series role and, um, you know, some other exciting things happened during this time, uh, you know, video games, um, things like that, making them money. And they just said, you know, you don't have anything to manage right now. And what kind of struck me was I had been asking this person to reach out to places for me as I was pitching, you know, all these properties that I have. Um, one of which, you know, this property that I was asking them to help me pitch ended up opening at the uh, 2018 LA Film Festival. And, you know, it was kind of like their inability to see how much potential they would have as as one of the leaders of my career. And I was just saying, I'll write the email. You can literally copy and paste it and just push send. I just don't need to be coming at it blindly because I do have representation. And kind of like that person being like, you don't have anything to manage. I was like, homie, because you don't want to be involved with it. (laughs) Um, And that was, that was a weird thing for me, if I can be really honest. And that just further encouraged, I need to continue to, you know, march to the beat of my own drum. So that was definitely a run in for me. Um, I had a really, I had a really interesting um, story. Uh, Something happened with representation where um, I had a meeting with someone that I had worked with years ago and then uh we were maybe flirting with working with each other again so we took a meeting with each other yeah and there turns out there was a lot of like hostility going on there i have no idea what happened but in the meet in the meeting this person literally shook my resume in my face and said there's no reason based on this paper, there's no reason that we should be working with each other. You haven't done anything to improve your career. And then she like sent me on my way. And this is a person that follows me on social media and knows everything that I'm doing. And they always are. (laughs) What'd you say? They always are. Yeah. And it was just like a really interesting way of like, okay, well, just in your eyes or like your ability to help me out is just not, we shouldn't be dating, but also at the same time, don't break up with me and gaslight me to make it feel like I'm the one that's like causing our relationship issues. You know what I mean? I think that was eloquently stated. Like, just because I'm not, I, so really, I mean, I haven't, you know, since I took my card, since I, uh, you know, moved to the city, I haven't had a contract in a long time, in almost seven years. And, you know, 
honestly, it doesn't feel like seven years because I've been doing work oh that I've that that has also fulfilled me so well. But according to that person, that mm. means I wasn't working at all. Yes, sir. But look at those people now. Those yeah. agents and those managers who put all their eggs in the basket of clients who only want to audition for summer stock. And I no no offense. I've done it a lot. Like I love gosh, you know, bless the summer stock, right? We need it. Regional theater, we need it. It's incredible. But those people, right, who who kind of belittled you, if you will, and didn't value you for what you actually brought to the table. What are they doing? Filing for unemployment? Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, yeah. And I don't mean to say that from a rude point, but something that's so inspiring about you to me is your body of work, and um, I think it's incredible what you've what you've created, um, what you've done, and. And the fact that even within all of that, you're also continuing to encourage others to make things as well. And it's just, um, I just, I admire you, my friend. Oh, thank you. And I admire you too. I mean, I only have people on this podcast that I admire, you know, it's, or that I have something to learn from because when I, when I invited you on this, on this podcast, it's because we've had a similar conversation before, you know, at Vanilla Gorilla. Vanilla Gorilla. Um, Vanilla Gorilla. And it was such a great conversation because it was almost like we were playing with, we were playing um, like with Legos, right? Like <laughs> we kind of were like, I see that you just built a kitchen. And now what if we like put a window in that kitchen? So like, whoever's in the kitchen can talk to whoever's in the living room. Like what if they're watching the Tonys and like they have to take like the, you know, like pizza rolls out of the oven and they don't want to miss who's winning featured actress. That's right. (laughs) You know, I also totally gave you like a glimpse of who I was as a child playing Legos. I love it. I love playing Legos. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And looking back, right. As I'm trying to define my artistic um, identity and figuring out all these things, man, I realized like I'm a builder at heart. Yeah. I'm a storyteller and I'm a builder, man. I yeah. love things. So I remember, I mean, Legos growing up in my grandmother's house, that was like the main toy that she had for us to play with. And I would just yeah. build Legos for hours. Oh yeah. And it's, it really just like kind of created an environment for innovation and uh, imagination, which is exactly kind of what we do here, you know? Yeah. Because if you think about it, like think about like the fundamental principles of what we do and we're storytellers. And as long as we tell those stories, then no one can, no one can tell me otherwise. Sorry. (laughs) You're so right. It's just, it's like, I'm sorry, but like when people, and people have literally told me, that I'm doing things in my career wrong. And it's like, well, I'm going to show you how wrong I can be then. (laughs) And those people, and that, and that's a sad piece of it, right? Cause we want to be so inclusive. We all we're like more the merrier, come join the party. Like let's all be loving and kind and helpful to each other. But unfortunately those folks that can't get down with that, it's like, they're just not meant to be in our inner circle. Which stinks, right. 
But we also, at some point, right, have to value ourselves because at the end of the day, we are still creating our content. We are still being consistent storytellers. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, something that this conversation came out of is like, when we look at a rose and thorn of our day, how we look at it, it's like, even, even when things require problem solving, you know, right? um, knock on wood, it's like solvable and good and not crazy high stakes. But even when there is a, um, a roadblock or something, it's, it's, exciting to solve that issue it's it 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 means that we have something to uh to work for it means that we have a project under a belt that we're passionate about and that's you know i think that's even uh the start of multi-hyphenating is great what are the stories i can tell and and how can i get involved Absolutely. That was eloquently said. I, um, I deeply believe, you know, that roadblocks are the start, you know, of something new and the beginning of a many times a new adventure. And like, right, like going back to that Broadway debut, like that was my turning point. Um, that kind of launched me into that feeling where it was like, Oh, no, I can't only do this for the rest of my life. And I right. You know, the, the impetus I had was, gosh, I just, I want to do more of this. I want to make more of this. I want to make sure, right, that I can wake up every day and create. And as, you know, I'm writing about this and the thing that I made the proposal for, wink face, um, yeah. you know, when you're a working actor, what you're mainly doing is auditioning, which is great, but that's what you have to be cool with. Like, that's kind of your identity in the city, in LA, a big piece of your acting identity is auditioning. And there was just this one day I was walking towards the water here in Long Island City when I had just like my big eureka moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, like if I don't book these roles and I've gone on myself over a thousand auditions, that's not, that is not, you know, bumping up the number. It's literally been over that. And I've probably only booked like a hundred and like 70 of them, including, you know, ADR sessions or readings or the rest of my freaking resume. But it's like, I realized if nobody invites me to the party, I'm kind of like handcuffed. And like that, for how hard I've worked, for going through a program like CCM, like I was like, that did not sit well with me. <laughs> I was like, right. I've worked hard. I got my Broadway debut at 23. I'm busting my tail. I'm making it to the end for all these massive life-changing product projects and products. And it's like, uh-uh, I got to keep I got to keep making stuff no matter you say yes or no, I'm going to say yes to everything and we're going to make some magic happen. Right. And then saying it's interesting, my relationship with saying yes, because one Mm -hmm. of my, who's she's going to be a, um, a guest on uh, an upcoming episode, uh, Elena Garcia. She Mm -hmm. is in my eyes, the OG multi-hyphenate. Like she was the one in school, uh, my sophomore year, our final was as a class, we had to write, direct, produce, um, tech design, uh, each other's one man shows. Amazing. And 
then like we would also like create videos for like the award ceremonies and she also was a carbonell award-winning actor in florida and per- and had a theater company and was a teacher and was an actor and was a right. and and i was like damn that is so fierce i want exactly that and um you know but one of the things is that she told me she said, Michael, you have to learn to say no. You have to learn to say no because I love saying yes. I want to be a part of everything. Yeah. I want to do everything. I don't want to, I don't, you know, every so many things interest me. I dude. And, and I, and I hope this doesn't make anyone listening sound weird. I was telling my, my boyfriend, what I've been struggling with is since I have so much flexibility, right, in the schedule of the day right now, I want to wake up and it's like all these things are fighting inside of me because, you know, it's like I want to work out and then I want to work on this thing I did the proposal for and then I want to do more BYOP sessions and then I want to go run in the park and then I want to like, there's all these things inside of me that are um, kind of being like, Ooh, I want to do this with my free time. I want to do this. Right. And, um, I'm just kind of trying to, to calm it, to calm it down a little bit and streamline it. <laughs> Can I, it's really interesting because I'm feeling the same way. And mm-hmm. you know why I think, you know why I think we're feeling that way? Why? It's because we've never been even though we create our own schedules. Right. And we're so hashtag blessed to be able to do that. I don't think we've ever given ourselves the permission to rest. Uh, Absolutely. That's something that, yep, I have, I've focused on deeply over the past few years. You are correct. (laughs) And, and so now that I'm able to rest, I'm like, I want to watch this TV show and I want to sit here and I want to paint and I'm going to order this piece of furniture off of Amazon. That's right. You know, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I have all of this, um, this ADD in a way of like of things that I don't normally get to do that I that right. I love to do. Yes, um, it's like impulse overload almost. I so beautifully stated once again. Yeah, <laughs> I remember my acting teacher sophomore year at CCM, K. Jenny Jones, and she would say you know, do one thing for yourself every day. And that really like sat with me to where I was like, I need to really hold on to this. Like whether it's, you know, go get an ice cream cone or do yoga or, you know, watch that series that you've been wanting to watch, you know, take a bath, you know, something like that. (laughs) Brush your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) that's like sat with me and I've, as I've taken on more, right, from saying yes and helping others navigate their creative challenges and, you know, as a producer overseeing artists collaborating and all of that, you know, it, it almost takes extra fill-up time, if you will. Right. And so I've tried to, um, you know, learn how to do that. And also another, you know, very sad curveball that happened in my life my father um, literally got sick and passed away out of nowhere in 2016. And I would say the Broadway upset was my career curveball. And then my father passing was my life curveball. And um, 
you know, really just taught me how to live better. It taught me how to be better with my time. It taught me how to be like more gentle with myself because, you know, grief man and grief of a parent, it is just, it is so exhausting and hard to navigate. And my father was my sounding board and he was the guy who checked in with me every day at noon and asked me how things are going today, you know, with AKA and everything we were working on and would always help me you know, just like work on ideas and think like, oh, do you think I should go from this angle? You know, do you think I should work with this person? And so to, to kind of learn how to fill up my own cup and do that for myself, that was, uh, that was, that's been a journey, a journey. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I'm so sorry about that because it's, it's, you know, that loss is so, you know, so profound. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that yeah. can never be fixed, or and life is you know always so different after that. And um, I was talking with my friend Deanne, who was on the my uh, episode eight that was released on April thirteenth, and mm-hmm. um, and you know her mom passed away while she was living in the city, and when it was happening, she kind of went what am I doing here? Like I could go home and take care of my mom or I can like, or I can like stop, you know, Mm -hmm. bartending and working at Bloomingdale's and actually go on auditions that I can book and stop wasting my time. And as soon as she decided to do that, she started, she booked an off-Broadway show and then a national tour and then her Broadway debut. Oh, that's amazing. That makes me so happy. And you're but, and she's so right. I mean, it really does focus you. It it clears out the pathways to show what's um important. And like for me, I hadn't written or directed before my dad died. Right. Anyway. And now those are two spokes of my wheel, if you will, that I'm actively, you know, utilizing right now. Right. It's you know, it's again, it's the basis of storytelling. It's like when I, do you know this story? When I uh, produced 54 Celebrates Mel Brooks, um, I was so active on the, on the producing side. Cause it was my, it was my piece along with Jen Sandler and Ben Kaplan was the music director. We sold out both shows. It was amazing. Yeah. We had, we had Mel alumni that it was just such an amazing night. Yeah. But at the, um, at the sound check, I walked in and we started and I was like, where's the director? <laughs> who's, who's directing this? <laughs> and then I realized I was like, oh, didn't get a director. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Mainly, it was mainly because I had always known that I was going to be the one to do it. Sure, sure. There was there was no one else that could do that night the way that I saw had been seeing it for a year of planning. Right, and right. you know what I'm saying. And I so I walked in was like was full, <laughs> was fully like ready to just like kind of you know guide the situation. But then all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm I'm directing Van Cox in her song, and I'm. You know, uh, I'm blocking Leroy Reams and Richard Kind. And it was oh like, my God. 
it was like, you know what? But I, I'm, I might not be a director and I might not do it enough to put it as one of my hyphens because I, sure. I, because that's the thing. It's like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to sell myself as a director because I, I'm not, I don't, I, I, that's not how I, that's not mainly how I, uh, communicate. But what I do sure. is tell stories. I'm a storyteller. And in right. that, in that night, I used my skill set to then communicate my proficiencies. To be a bridge, as you always are being. Yes, I know exactly, exactly. what you're saying. That's amazing. And, and it was such a great night of like, all right, all right, just just do that, babe. And just do that. Right. You know, keep it up. That is so cool. I, di- I didn't was- know that story. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a cool night. That was a really cool day where I was like, what is going on? But what is going sure. on? What have I gotten myself into this time? And it always yeah. happens, right? Because you just you just do the work and you just you just be the water, you know, be the bridge. And then at the end of the day you're like, Wait, did that all really just happen and there are no fires anywhere? Oh my god. And that's usually how it happens, right? And that comes from the openness that you were displaying so beautifully right there. I love that. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is there were no fires that night. Like it was a really seamless, enjoyable experience. And everyone in the audience loved it. I mean, like the project is not dead. Um, On top of other conversations happening, you know, 54 is doing the, you know, the um, they're showing different productions that have happened in 54 below. They're streaming them. And Mel Brooks, the Mel Brooks show that we did is one of them. So we'll be able to catch it. Um, coming up soon but you know it was it was just one of those nights where i'll never forget it i'll never ever did i make any money off of it no but i don't care because it was it was worth it it was worth every second of time yeah and what it informed right and your creativity man that's going to make you a lot of bucks later (laughs) yes exactly and and that's the thing it's like it is certainly uh you know i think sometimes we look for the immediate gratification of our work and this, that certainly as much as it was artistic and I got so many kicks out of it, it was an investment of time for something something to happen down the road, which is what as younger artists we Mm -hmm. have to understand is going to happen. I think that a lot of us, want the immediate gratification. We want the likes. We want the Broadway debut. We want the press. We want the everything. We want it all right That's now. That's right. Long game, baby. Long game. But it's it's the long game. It's the long game because, um, you know, our, you know, we have to have, there's so much work to be done. There's so much, there's and so if much I work to be done. add another little story kind of with what you're just saying, you know, I, I've been kind of battling that through this coronavirus. My, uh, some of my favorite partners and collaborators have been battling that where, you know, they're seeing versions of pop-up things online, you know, where they, they want to make themselves so readily available. But then it's like, if we make ourselves available every day, right. Going live or something that is also taking a little time, maybe away from like, a larger, more sustainable project, if you will, that we could be spending that hour a day, right, on 
making something, you know, just like a little more sustainable for the future. Um, and I think, I mean, kind of what you're saying is, is exactly right. It's that, that ability to have a little discernment and kind of release the need to be always affirmed, right, as the creative in order to maybe make something a little more succinct and sustainable. It's 100% true. Um, you know, I'm bringing back the chicken metaphor. Yes, the chicken. Because it, it's I love, like, can I be honest? I love that the chicken keeps rearing its head because I am from, you know, Kentucky and Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean... I think you have an episode title right there, if I can just say. I honestly think that this episode is going to be called uh, the the multi-hyphenate chicken or something like that. I love it. <laughs> but it's, which I love too, but it's, um, you know, even when you go live every day and when you come up with musings and when you come up with thoughts, you know, uh, like my professor from college, Cynthia Henderson, who's on an episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate that's going to be released. Um, soon, you know, she would always come in and be like, I had, I had, I had a musing, I had a thought. And we would base our class, our acting class on that thought or that musing and why oh, it was so, so cool. cool. Yeah. And why it was so poignant and why it was so, it set so well was because it wasn't every day. Mm. It was, she was able to think that thought and 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 come up with how it pertains to life and how right. she could have the people that are listening and watching and taking her class take that sure and run with it you know mm, i love that. because if we're going live every day it's like it doesn't allow for discovery it doesn't allow for the marinating to happen it's like it ha you we have to Go about our lives and I'm good. if I'm going to lead a group, if I'm going to lead a group of multi-hyphenates, I'm going to go, I'm going to do the field work, I'm going to do the discovery, I'm right. going to come back and report to you. At 500%, sir, 500%. <laughs> and I know yes. you do that as well. I know you do that as well. Yeah, we got to, it's that whole thing. You got to like practice what you preach. I mean, that's the best way to lead people is to get in the dirt with them like period the end you know and, and if and we're not taking those steps ourselves it's like how in the heck are we going to be able to articulate or be the bridge for somebody when they're telling us the things they're struggling with you know it's like we aren't going to be able to help them find their way unless we've we're helping ourselves attempt to find ours you know and very recently i saw you help someone a young artist find their way <laughs> yes. um, if you can talk to me um, about Frankie, I would love that. Oh, my goodness. Frankie the Musical Man. I was given this gift to meet this young um, multi-hyphenate artist um, when she was 14. And I have to give the credit through um, to a class act New York. They are the, um, the acting studio that I teach for and direct for. And I was matched up with Elise on Skype and we really got along, but we started, you know, doing things for 
just like musical theater work. So like song interpretation and auditioning um, for her school shows and stuff and making sure she felt confident. And we were getting along very well. So on a day she had off of school, they had gotten a two hour session. And in like, you know, kind of running out of steam for the last 10, 15 minutes, Annalise is like, do you mind if I play you some more music that's not in my book? And I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love that. And I was like, I love that you want to like get on the piano and accompany yourself. And she's like, well, I wrote a show. And I was like, excuse me? She's like, I wrote, I wrote a musical called Frankie the Musical. And I'm like, in my brain, I'm going, oh, my God. Because, you know, usually some of the people who might pitch things to us, you're like, okay, I'm so proud of you, but we got to keep, you know, ringing this through here, the washer and <laughs> through the dryer and folding it and pressing it and all that. And um, she played these songs for me and I, my jaw was on the floor and I was just like, Oh my gosh. And Michael, this is when she was 14 years old. And I just. Oh, that was two years ago. Wow. Two years ago. And my heart was just like, I felt every piece of my body just vibrate. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this girl is so special and, and just necessary for our community. And right. So we, we kept, you know, working together for her musical theater content through that um, program, through Class Act. But then when I started offering BYOP, they came to me with Frankie. Um, and um, we worked on a table read of it in February of last year. And then it went to SSTI. And she worked with the show with her director there, Joe Barrows. And yeah, so we brought it back. We decided to do an industry read um, this past summer at um, the 244 Theater in Manhattan. And um, it's continued to expand. And now we're doing a cast concept album that we just recorded. And um, yeah, it's incredible. And you actually came and you are our incredible on-site photographer. And, and I, can't, you know I can't wait for the world to see your gorgeous pictures. I know me too. And also, but, but really what's important is the fact that you held such a court. It was amazing. It was, it was, it was positive and it was, uh, interpersonal and it was, uh, smooth and the music was fabulous. And I, you. you know, it, it's anyone that, works with you is lucky. And I know that anyone that works with you is going to want to work with you many, many more times. Thank you. That it means so much to me because, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to start producing was all of those, you know, and we know what those are, those creative moments that we've had collaborating, especially as an actor, right? Where you're like, why do I feel like I cannot breathe in this rehearsal room? And I really did. I wanted to just create a safe space where everybody feels respected and heard and specifically young women. Like I try to bring on as many women to each project as possible. And that's what's super cool about Frankie and Elise now, Elise Mara being 16 years old. It's just like the fact that I get to help debut her music into our industry. Um, I can't believe it. And we can go on and state it because I think they will announce before um, this episode becomes available. But, you know, Broadway Records is partnering with me and distributing this album, which I'm just, I can't believe I get to work with them every day right now. And um, we will be doing the Frankie digital release of the cast concept album on May 29th. So a lot 
earlier than we were originally expecting, but we want to try to bring some great energy and uplifting joy to the community right now. That's really, really thrilling. And I'm so proud of you guys, you and Elise and uh, and Broadway Records is absolutely amazing. And I couldn't think of anyone uh, that you'd be in better hands with. And that's really thrilling. So I'll make sure that everyone gets that <laughs> cast, gets that cast. Well, it, it, it's a demo album, gets that demo album. And uh, right. Yeah, it's a demo album. Yeah, cast concept recording. Mm-hmm. Con- concept concept recording. Right. Uh, make sure that everyone gets the concept recording and um, just has a great, great time with Caitlin Kinnanen and Allie Trim and Jason Sweet Tooth Williams. It's an amazing cast, too. It's absolutely yeah, fabulous. Jason Gote, Autumn Jason Herbert. Gote. It's amazing. Yes, we love it. And and Ashley Kate, you are just the best. And um, thank you so much for coming and talking. Is there anything, one last thing, is there anything that you hope that a budding multi-hyphenate learns from this conversation? Yeah. Um, just listen to yourself and, you know, kind of honor those instincts and... Yeah off of what Mr. Michael was saying earlier, just, you know, really be open and and say yes, especially if you're getting started and navigating a new lane, you can do it. And if the desire is in your heart, you're supposed to be doing it. Ashley, Kate, you are amazing. And I will see you real soon. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ashley, Kate. Talk to you soon. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Be healthy. Bye. This podcast is produced by the Broadway Podcast Network. Make sure to find me online via Instagram at the Michael Kushner or at the Dressing Room Project, or on Twitter at mkushnerphoto, and visit me online via bpn.fm forward slash dear multi hyphenate. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.